Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of Surviving Empathy Podcast. I am your host, Brian Russell of Chef Bright Comedy. And today, ladies and gentlemen, we want to teach you guys how to turn your sensitivity into a superpower. But more than that, we want to tackle in our society and culture today this weird phenomenon where we think that acting tough is somehow akin to being tough. That we have to act cruel or we have to be rude or cruel or toxic uh, in order to show inner toughness. We have a few tips on how we as empaths and highly sensitive people or even just emotionally sensitive people, how we can learn to like ourselves and like our sensitivity and turn that sensitivity actually not into a vulnerability but into an actual toughness that endures. At the end of the day, we're taught since we were little kids that, you know, we can't cry, that we can't be sensitive, that we're not allowed to be uh, anything close to being sensitive because that is just a weakness, you know, and we just have to be tough no matter what, right? But as our culture gets more evolved and more sensible, we are learning that actually inner sensitivity is somewhat of a sense of greater awareness. We can harness that sense of awareness for our benefit to become better, stronger, smarter people. And that's what we're going to try to teach you guys today is that, you know what? Our inner sensitivity is nothing to be ashamed of. People in our culture are just weird sometimes and they haven't grown themselves and they will try to get you to conform to their ways rather than the world evolving into a greater evolved sensibility if you like us and the work we do please check out my link tree that's where all of our stuff can be found including links to where you can listen on spotify and apple and all those places as well as you can help us with uh tips or become a patron on patreon at chef fry comedy but please at bare minimum do check out our new youtube channel it's chef fry comedy and do subscribe and let's begin Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of Surviving Empathy Podcast. I am your host, Brian Russell of Chef Bright Comedy. And today, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to talk all about how do we turn our sensitivity into a superpower instead of a weakness. And first, without further ado, let me introduce my co-host with the most. Her name is Rebecca Russell. Please say hello to the folks. Hello. Ooh. That sounded old. That sounded wise. <laughs> sounded wise. <laughs> so, welcome you guys to another episode of Surviving Empathy Podcast. Uh, how you guys doing out there? Uh, we are trying to get through a case of the Uggos. I woke up, uh, so I tore my rotator cuff, or if I didn't tear it, I certainly strained it, and so I'm gonna get to the clinic tomorrow because. The pain is outrageous, boy. Whew. And you know what's sad about this is that I didn't do it lifting weights like I normally do. I did it on the maxi climber <laughs> with no resistance at all. Oh, getting older is so much fun. <laughs> oh, yeah. Tell me about it. But uh, And then you kind of woke up with a little bit of a headache, and now I'm starting to get a little bit of a headache because that's what happens in Oregon is it stays foggy and gray for the entirety of winter and then when spring starts to come it's like ooh sunshine and then sun comes out but your net head's not used to it and then you've got this like backwards vacuum you're dealing with you know where your head's trying to normalize the pressure between uh the outside 
pressure of the of the weather system and your and your little your little noggin there. <laughs> yeah, kind of. Yeah, it's, um, I was try- I was trying to say something profound, and then my brain went blank. So. <laughs> well, that's okay. We we'll keep it <laughs> nice and chill today. But yeah, no, today, you guys, uh, this episode is all about you know we as sensitives, we as hypersensitives, we as empaths, we as people with HSP, whatever you want to call it. Maybe you have a energetic sensitivity like empaths or maybe you're just an emotional person uh maybe you started off as an emotional person maybe you were a small child that had uh, lots of emotions and you cried and you had the feels and there's nothing wrong with that right or maybe as you get older you know you turned into john boehner and you just cry over everything you know um at the end of the day, as you get older, we tend to get more uh, sincere. We become more in tune with that which we denied when we were much younger. And you become kind of folksy and you become kind of in touch with your emotions. And so, you know, uh, I wanted to tackle uh, this subject that we live in a society of conservative versus liberal we or uh, tough versus weak and and so we there's so much culture out there trying to perpetuate this notion that in order to be tough you have to be all these things in order to be uh, strong in capitalism you have to be fierce you have to be disciplined and, and and there is some truth to that of course but at the end of the day um it doesn't necessarily mean that because you're liberal you're woke or be or that if you're uh, hypersensitive that you're weak and so we wanted to dispel the myth in a way that i think will be a lot of fun yes sir yes sir <laughs> <laughs> so if you haven't heard yet ladies and gentlemen i just wanted to let you guys know that this will be the last season of surviving empathy podcast and uh, we decided to do it for a couple of reasons number one is that this show means a lot to us, as you guys know. We care about our empath tribe, we care about our audience out there, and we have a small but loyal following of people who who dig what we're what we're jiving on here. You know, we're vibrating at a certain frequency that a lot of average people are just too dumb or too busy or too whatever to not understand how to be forward thinking and sensitive and emotionally intelligent as well as silly and funny and playful in this society. So we're trying to strike this balance between serious and fun. Why not have a little bit of fucking fun before you die on this earth? I don't know. What do you think? Yeah, it's a little boring otherwise. Yeah, exactly. And just people nowadays, young people lack wisdom they lack the understanding to know that the older you get the more this becomes a fucking shit show and you better grow a fucking sense of humor because you ain't getting out of this shit alive sunny jim (laughs) (laughs) i haven't heard sunny jim in a while i know i think i stole that from austin powers (laughs) (laughs) anyways but no it's nothing against young people there's a lot of wise younger folks but they're but we're talking about popular culture we're talking about mainstream culture um how we've been guided by a bunch of dipshits is unfucking believable and it's unsustainable and if you want the aliens to land here and acknowledge our existence as a as a as a force we're gonna have to start getting right because ain't we're the flyby zone right now when aliens come by they're like look at these guys they can't even get their shit together Look, what, what are they doing now? What? Oh, okay, yeah. And then they just fly on by, and then they come back every century and go, mm, nah, no, yeah, not, not yet. yet. <laughs> Makes you wonder. Mm-hmm. 
But getting back to what I was saying is that uh, the, the, we love this show. We do this from a place of joy, from a pace of kindness and fun. And we actually, you know, care about you guys. Imagine that. Somebody that actually has real empathy towards regular folks. I mean, come on. I don't care if you're brown or black or white or rich or poor or conservative or atheist. At the end of the day, we are people. And, and I'm just getting tired of the uh just the myopicness of our culture and society so we thought hey let's tell people all the shit that we know okay (laughs) (laughs) but we've been doing this for five seasons so we're at a place now where we love what we're doing but uh you know growth is hard as a podcast you know everybody has the technology but not everybody has the life experience to be plugging in and jacking in and giving their opinion. I just think there's so many voices out there, good and bad, that at the end of the day, and if you want to rise to the cream of the crop, you've got to get with the times. You've got to become uh, understanding of where your place is. And if it's not working, you know, it's like the the old saying says, you know, shit or get off the pot, son. Um, it's not that I think we're failing, though. I, I think we're doing rather well. I mean, we are podcasting on Spotify and Google Podcasts and Apple Podcasts and Amazon Music and Audible. So it's like we are everywhere, but on a country in a, in a world of 8 billion people, I expect more than 30 to 60 downloads. I'm sorry. This is, I expect a little more. Sorry. Just call me call me weird, call me weird, but I think growth should be more than that when you put hundreds of hours into something. For people. At the end of the day, I care about people. I care about this society and I want it to, you know, I want people to have fun and be joyous. But at the same time, we have to do the bare minimum of being tough, being strong, being disciplined. And that's why I wanted to do this episode because I want to kind of talk about where do we draw the line when it comes to toughness versus weakness or sensitivity because sensitivity does not mean weakness and so um all that being said you guys is yeah we love this show we're going away uh and we're gonna go to youtube at chef bright comedy so go over there and please subscribe it's gonna be a lot of fun but first we have to go kick cancer's butt if you guys don't know my mom was um uh, diagnosed with colorectal cancer she's got a five centimeter tumor and we're gonna um we're gonna shrink it and we're going to excise that bastard from her colon. And then we're going to start Chef Bright Comedy on YouTube. Now, is there any guarantee of success? No. No, I don't, I'm not special. I, I'm just a person. I'm like everybody else. I have no uh, celebrity bona fides. But I was in the military. I've been an EMT. I've worked as a chef for most of my life. I've got a few things in the noggin that I want to share with the world but at the end of the day if the world is only jiving on all the tiktoker dummy bullshit well how on earth are you going to fit into a culture that resents the fact that you have an intellect or that you have wisdom or that you want to keep it real and tell it like it is i mean at the end of the day some people don't want that they want to be living with their head in their ass and hey if that's where they're getting their fun and comfort i guess so be it but i think we can do both i think we can do better i think we can create a culture where people are intelligent emotionally intelligent and real and in a way that's still fun silly playful call it immature if you want i I like being immature it's a lot of fun but (laughs) at the end of the day i also eat my intellectual broccoli too you know 
So the down low is, you guys, is that we love you guys. We care about this, and we want to do right by our culture and society and right by people. We want to bring you into our tribe, our empath tribe. Uh, but, you know, podcasting is the new uh, blogging. Everybody does it. Nobody cares. And so at the end of the day, we thought, fuck it. Let's go big time, baby. We'll go onto the YouTube space and see if we can't you know, lay down some shenanigans that people will love and enjoy and have fun with, you know, because at the end of the day, we want to push our society forward, uh, tackling regressive and oppressive and tyrannical systems, uh, uh, trying to think the right thoughts, but also in a way that's not overly woke, overly ridiculous. At the end of the day, I think woke gets a bad rap because I think woke could be a good thing. I think being aware and woke up to uh, speed on what's all this, all the details of being a, a more sophisticated person in a punitive society. We have to be up on those things. But at the end of the day, we don't have to let those things define us. We don't have to let those things make us crazy. We don't have to make those let those things make us uh, militant and upset and get uh, offended by every little thing. I mean, at the end of the day, that's kind of the culture I'm seeing today is that we we like to pretend that we're just so evolved, and yet we we get our little feelings hurt over every little thing. It's like, Jesus Christ, what happened? Oh, my goodness. Get over it. It's just a joke, you know? Yeah. Well, and the funny thing is that, that the, the snowflake thing kind of is always thrown at liberals, but the other side is just as, just as sensitive and snowflake-y. Absolutely. And I've got more to say on the subject, so we'll do that. But first, I wanted to get started on an article, babe. If you would, please, you don't have to uh, read the whole article, but uh, this article, yeah. read the title, read what it's all about, and we'll talk about it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm not going to read. Most of it's just like kind of anecdotal <clears throat> things from this, the author's life. But yeah. The, the main points are good. Um, and I didn't know this this uh, existed. It's called the thehighlysensitiverefuge.com. Oh, okay. Sounds kind of nice, actually. Yeah, good. Um, and the article was by Elizabeth Mueller, and it's called Being Sensitive is Not a Weakness, and Here's Why. Okay, very good. And kind of the subtitle, as an HSP, you may not be able to fly an invisible ship like Wonder Woman, but you have your own brand of superpowers. Absolutely, yeah. So the I'll read the introductory part because it's, it's pretty neat. Um, yeah. So while I do operate a bit differently than your average person, I no longer see it as a bad thing or something I need to keep hidden about myself. After all, nearly 30% of the population is considered to be made up of highly sensitive people, so I'm far from alone. Mm -hmm. 30%. I don't, that's, that's pretty that's good. That's a lot. Yeah. yeah. And now it's something I'm very proud of, and I'm thrilled to share what my sensitivity and I can do for the world. That's three out of ten people. Yeah. Which is a fair amount. It's, yeah, it is definitely. Right. More than I would have well, that's why I started this, because I knew that there was a lot of people like us mm -hmm. out there. And and, yeah. and and there's so many people. I, I can tell when I'm talking about sensitivity, people like people's buttholes clam up like they don't want to fucking admit to their own sensitivities. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. A lot and, of people. And it's like and that's why I wanted to clear the air today to say, hey, I'm not a wimp. I'm not a pussy. Far fucking from it. And we'll talk about that later. But I just mean that we've got a. a if you're born with this energetic or emotional sensitivity, it is not a weakness. It is mm -hmm. actually a superpower. So go yeah. ahead. Yeah. If you too are a sensitive soul, it's time to stop thinking of yourself as a weirdo and start thinking of yourself as a superhero because you are. There you go. Kind of nice. Yeah. You may not be able to command thunder like Thor or fly an invisible ship like Wonder Woman, but you have your own brand of superpowers. I think it's about time for us to band together and be proud of our innate gifts. 
Let's look at some of the reasons why being sensitive is anything but a weakness. So first one, you have emotional super strength. Emotions are heavy and can even be crippling at times. No one knows that better than us HSPs. For in addition to dealing with our own emotions, we also absorb the emotions of those around us, Mm -hmm. everyone around us. Yeah. We can't help it. We just naturally tune in to what others are dealing with. Right, right. Yeah, and, and part of that true. I think is 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 because of <clears throat> we've talked about the science behind being an empath before is that you know at the end of the day um we have what's called uh, mirror motor neurons that make us feel hypersensitive to other people around us. And so that can be uh, inflections of facial expressions, it can also mm-hmm. be emotions as well. And we don't all always understand how much we're affected by people around yeah. us, but some people can live completely independent of others emotionally or energetically while others, they just vibe off of each other. Why yeah. do you think, you know, when you're watching a competition, when you yell and scream, yeah, 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 it helps people. It's because we depend mm-hmm. on being a part of social groups. We just, yeah. we, we just absolutely do. It doesn't matter how ruggedly individualistic we are or how independent we think we are at the end of the day we're a social creature and so yeah i don't love all people i can stay in my bedroom by myself for weeks and never see the light of day and not even care but eventually i come to this place where i'm like i gotta have a life i gotta go do some things i gotta go have some fun i gotta see some people um but when you're intelligent when you're sensitive you just you're a little more, dis, dis, you know, you just make better decisions on who you want to enter into your life, into your uh, uh, energetic layer, if you will. <laughs> yeah. And and dealing with that all the time, you have to be strong to be able to do it. I mean, some days I just can't. And some days I just want to just go sit in the corner and be by myself. And Well, and, and that's why we're going to talk about that later, is that we're going to go into the ins and outs of yeah. what it takes, the strength it takes yeah, to be a more highly sensitive person. Yeah. Yeah. Go ahead, Ben. Okay. The second one, your sensitivity makes you invaluable. You're great at picking up on little things others may overlook. Mm-hmm. And that can be facial expressions, that can be emotions, that can even be like things that are written that other people just overlook like a misspelling or something yeah. that's not written right it could also mean like for things like for you 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 notice things around here in the mobile home park or in the neighborhood that i'm like oh i didn't even notice that you know yeah so we just pick up on little things and we're all different like some people just pick up on animals more some people pick up on cars some people pick up on you know uh oh they change their you know they, they planted a new tree. You're like, how did you <laughs> right. see that? There's 14,000 trees right there. Mm-hmm. But yeah, yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, we all have a unique eye. And that's good. It's yeah. a good thing. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Yeah. For sure. Okay, next one. You are the person people turn to in a crisis, or at least they should. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing, you guys, is that anytime the shit hits the fan, whether at work or in your family circles or whatever... If you notice, it's always the highly sensitive person that gets um, either, you know, hey, hey, what should we do? Hey, hey, what should we do? Why is that? Because we're composed. Because we're emotionally intelligent. At the end of the day, they know we have a fucking solution. We always got an opinion because we're aware. We've got a greatness, greater awareness of everything. And that Mm -hmm. can be overstimulating. But go ahead, babe. Yeah, it definitely can. Um, So the next one, the four out of the five, is... You have the drive to make positive changes in the world. Yeah. 
And yeah, it just, it just goes on to say a little bit. It's often talked about how much HSPs are deep thinkers and feelers. Right. And while this is true, we cannot, cannot ignore the fact that we're also incredibly important doers. Yeah. Well, and, and, and highly sensitive people are usually um, perfectionists or OCD in some little way. They like, they like their life compartmentalized in a certain way. They like to do things a certain way. And so as a result, we're, we're efficient we're intelligent, we get shit done, and yeah. we're organized in our mind. And that's why people go, well, how can this dude just talk for two hours straight? Because I got it figured out. Do I have everything figured out? No, no, of course not. To, to, to err is to be human. We're just people. But at the end of the day, um, yeah, I, I, want, I have a little spiel later I want to talk about because you know, I started out so many different ways. I've been so many different people throughout my life. And now this is my new incarnation. This is the new me. You know how like every seven years you mm-hmm. you regrow all your organs and skin and everything. And you're basically a different person than you were every seven years, at least, you know, physically, <laughs> biologically, right? Well, we grow too. We grow tired of some things. Sometimes we get better. Sometimes we get worse. Some people grow worse and worse and worse. And some people get better and better and better. And so at the end of the day, I think, you know, I think having HSP, being a highly sensitive person is a superpower because it allows you this greater awareness of everything. And sometimes that can be a lot of info, a lot of energy, a lot of emotions. But at the end of the day, um, it also makes you tough in a way. And we'll talk about that later on. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And fifth and final is that you understand people so well, it's almost scary. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that's, yeah. I mean, just, you know, everyone has first impressions, but I yeah. think it goes a little deeper for, well, yeah, you for know, HSPs. Well, because, and that's why yeah. I, I come off so folksy. People are like, really? Is that really you? Yeah, because I'm old school. I don't give a shit. You know, I mean, I just, I think people need to sort of just cut the crap cake of pretense and just be yourself. And when you're yourself and you kind of relax into who you are, you're not putting on airs. And when you do that, you invite people to be your friend. You invite people in rather than repel people with your silly, immature, uh, arrogant bullshit. I mean, Mm -hmm. at the end of the day, I just think people need to be themselves. And when you're your truest self, your life will unfold in its most natural way way yeah absolutely well. yeah yep go ahead all right and she just ends it by being highly sensitive is an innate quality that we should cherish not shun high sensitivity is an innate quality we're born with just like our sexuality or our race we didn't pick it and we can't change it we would never tell someone that they're less than because of how they look or because of other aspects about themselves as they are born with it so why do we do this with high sensitivity This is a trait we are gifted with, and it's a very powerful one. We have the ability to make a serious, positive impact on our lives, the lives of others, and the world. So let's do so, starting now. Yeah, amen. Um, Yeah, just a nice little pick-me-up there. Yeah, exactly. Um, Yeah, because what I think is, at the end of the day, is that capitalism is tough. We all grew up sort of... We're, we're now ascending into an era where we want our children to be protected. We want there to be proper safety and protocols. We want there to be proper guardrails for our institutions and banking. We want there to be um, uh, the correct 
type of safety. And then what happens is, is we've got the conservative and liberal agendas out there. And the conservatives like to cap on uh, liberalism as if it's weak, it's weakness, it's wokeness. They're so ridiculous. They're so silly. And yet, most of the people I see on the right uh, are just not intelligent enough or specific enough to get the job done. We always hand them every four years the keys to the White House, and then we always end up giving tax breaks to the rich or doing something punitive or stupid for our society. And I'm not anti-conservative, but good grief, how many times do we have to give them the keys to the car and then they bring it back, it's all trashed, and we're like, fuck, now we got to clean this fucking car. That's what happens when you vote for Republicans is that they've got the ego, they've got the desire, They, but it's become a culture of chasing that dopamine rush rather than doing the job humbly doing the just doing the specific boring grueling task of governance they don't Mm -hmm. want that they want to be in the limelight they want to chase the dragon they want to chase celebrity they want to chase money and, and wealth and all these other things that come along with it and that's why i'm trying to tell you guys about celebrity culture and all these different things is that yeah we just had the oscars yesterday i'm all for you know, when we celebrate art, but also in art, there is celebrity and wealth and agendas and all that. And that has a tendency to perpetuate what? The injustice and inequality of regular people. We all start to feel like we're not good enough and that we we just kind of prop up this notion that we should just be unequal and everybody's better than us and that we just you know we just live vicariously through all these wealthy people well fuck that shit i want to have a good life before i die i want my life to be chewed the fuck up when i'm 80 i want my body to be wrecked wrecked we're getting there (laughs) it will be (laughs) it will be by the time we're there i just mean i want to live a thorough life you know what i mean just like when i kind of beat your ass on these shows and i'm I'm pounding in all these things. I want to thoroughly cover the topics. Well, I want to thoroughly cover the topics in real life. I want there to be real life going on. I don't want to live vicariously through rich people or celebrities or wealthy people or pretty people. Fuck. I want to go out and live a life now. When you have all this life force inside of you, you got to let it shine, brother. And yes. sister? <laughs> that just seems it's a good time to segue into the fact that I was wrong about Savvy Davis Jr., Oh, she yes. You're going to school me on it. So. Yeah. She, <laughs> if you guys remember on the previous episode, I was saying, you know, don't, you know, you, not everybody wants to live, uh, you know, would you rather live uh, 60 or live Sammy Davis years or live a nice, healthy, easygoing, comfortable 80, 90, 100 years? And she's like, well, wasn't he kind of old? And I'm like, I don't think so. And we looked it up. He died at 63, you guys. So yeah. at the end of the day, I was right. I was. The, the Sammy Davis years was an analogy that you can you can burn bright like, you know, uh, I don't know, Sammy Davis Jr. or Chris Farley or someone. You can burn too bright, short, quick, burnout life, or you can live the longer road. Well, at the same time, I think we can have fun in this life and live a good life and make good decisions while still li- living it up a little bit, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, you can do a little bit of both. Well, it's about having the maturity and the discipline to know when to stop drinking or when to stop smoking or when to stop doing whatever. Having the discipline to exercise once in a while. You put something besides nachos in your face. It's Hey, I love nachos. Don't get me wrong, but (laughs) I'm not going to eat it all day, every day, you know. 
And since we're talking about previous episodes, I, I wanted to apologize for the sound quality on the last episode. So we've, we, we use this tool called a voice meter, and sometimes it colors our voice. And even when it's in the off position, it colors my voice. And it makes, mm. and you're, you sound perfectly normal, and I sound like I'm sucking helium for some reason. So yeah. hopefully this come, came out today. I reinitialized it. I reset all the settings. I redid everything. I even re uninstalled and reinstalled the app itself because I wanted to make sure that it's not color coloring my voice because, I mean you do this one hour, two hour episode, and then you're even playing it back during and it sounds fine. And then you find out that, ah, uh, it colored your voice. Ah, shit. So I didn't want to just scrap the whole episode. And I also bumped several things during that episode. So I apologize for the quality of the last uh, episode, but we were just in a good mood having a little bit of fun. And I thought, eh, Ain't no thing, but yeah, we kind of got mm -hmm. a little bumpy and a little <laughs> bit much, but uh, you know, we really do care about quality of content here uh, in terms of substance and sound. So, so sorry about that, but it, hopefully you guys still got something good out of that episode because I just didn't, I, when I was done recording, going over my editing, I'm like, oh, what is that echo? What is going on with the coloration? But yeah. I couldn't do anything about it. So yeah, is what it is, you know, accept us. As we are, and we shall accept you as you are as well. Exactly. <laughs> but all this reminds me of the culture we're in. You know, um, it's like, I remember seeing Joe Rogan talk about a soft society creates soft people and a hard society creates hard people. Now, you know, I grew up in an era where we grew up in the old days where you know, grandparents and parents smoked in the house. I remember them days going, <coughs> <laughs> fucking eight years old, sitting there getting secondhand smoke from grandma and grandpa mm -hmm. and my mom and my uncle. Like, Jesus fucking Christ, can somebody open a fucking window up in here? <laughs> so I get it. <clears throat> we grew up in a tough era. And um, there's so many incarnations of myself you know, we've just recently got into this um, strongman stuff, you know, like, because I love tough guy stuff, but I don't like necessarily violence. Yeah. And so I can't say I don't like it. I sometimes do, especially when you're in one of the, your moods and you need to watch, get a little blood sport, you know, to get out of your system. But uh, my, my point is, is that I try not to, you know, watch MMA and football too, too much because... It's gratuitous, and it gets to be all these young athletes are just fucking their brains up and their life up with the traumatic brain injuries and all this stuff. And um, I just remember we grew up where Chuck Liddell grew up in San Luis Obispo, California, and <clears throat> we were there. I was working, in, uh, going to college, and I was working as a pizza delivery driver uh, during a time where Chuck Liddell was rising to fame. Right. Yeah. And he ordered pizzas every Friday. And guess who was usually his delivery driver? This guy. And I got to know him to the point where when he saw me out and about, he knew me. He was like, oh, yeah. Hey. Like, yeah. I, you deliver my pizzas every Friday. You know where I live, you know. I was working in the pediatric office. <clears throat> and one day I looked up and he was walking down the hallway. Yeah. Like, he brought his kid to see our pediatrician. Sure, exactly. And my yeah. point simply is, is that we grew up around MMA fighters. We grew up where... The pit it was is a part of our culture and society, and so the one thing I got tired of down there was the rise to of MMA 
is that uh, just every fucking buddy and their brother thought they were some tough MMA bastard yeah. now. And they would walk around with their tap-out shirts and walk around with their peacock feathers all fluffed out and shit. And I was like, oh, God, fucking shut up. You know, because I'm a veteran. I'm I'm trained in martial arts now. But I'm a gentle person. Nobody would know it by looking at me that, you know, I can kick some ass. But my point is, is that when you get around all these tough guy mentalities, it can get a little bit old. And so we're watching this strongman stuff. And the only way I can describe it is, you know, that Chris Cornell song doesn't remind me of anything. Well, tough guy stuff doesn't remind me of anything else it's its own thing it's not political it's not it's its own sport and i don't know there's just something oddly satisfying about watching these kind of pot-bellied big huge dudes pick up big shit i don't know it's just fun for me i don't know and i like the the fact that most of them everyone that i've seen so far that's on camera being interviewed or on shows that we watch they're Mm -hmm. all just like big teddy bears they're fun they don't have the attitude they don't ride yeah their stuff does right right and and um and and that's the thing is that i'm like these guys are fucking gentle giants you know they're six foot eight 445 pounds like that brian shaw guy he's a monster but he's got the personality of a teddy bear yeah I've got more attitude than him. Mm-hmm. I got to watch myself because <laughs> right. he'd crush me like a grape. But um, I just mean to say that we're living in a society where capitalism tells us to be ruggedly independent. And, and they do that because they're trying to sell a narrative of shut up and go to work and mind your P's and Q's. And tough it out. Tough it out. Always, always, always right. And um, and that gets me to what happened to you the other day, babe. We were talking about some of the call-outs at your work and all that. Will you speak on that? I wanted to set that up so I can talk about it. Oh, okay. Yeah, it was just one of those days. <clears throat> it was a Sunday. Um we had two people call out. One person was on light duty, cashier-wise. One mm-hmm. person didn't show up. And then two of our lead clerks mm-hmm. called out. Our maintenance guy called out. Our cart kid called out. It was just one of those days where we Shit hardly show. had any people there. Yeah. And it was a Sunday, and it was a busy Sunday. Right, It was right. just and you came, And you came home that night, and you kind of were saying... You know, see, when you're when you're a highly sensitive person, you generally don't call others pussies, right? We're like, we're the kind of people that we relate to ailments. Hell, I'm getting a migraine yeah. right now. You're mm-hmm. getting a headache today, yeah. too. We're just, we relate to people and their ailments. And, and yeah. so when you see like these strong men, for example, we were just watching a video of them eating the world's hottest chip. The one chip challenge. The one chip yeah. challenge, right. Mm-hmm. And uh, here's these big six foot eight dudes who are like sweating and crying. And, 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 and that's fun for me because they lose all pretense at that point. The ego is gone. Yeah. Now it's just, whoo, this shit is hot. We got to survive. They're <laughs> <laughs> drooling and crying. and <laughs> Yeah, that's when you see people at their most real. That's why we yeah. like that show Hot Ones. Mm-hmm. Where it's like uh, Jenna Ortega. We're going to watch it after this episode. But Jenna Ortega did the Hot Wings Challenge. And she's like, how you doing? And he's like, oh, great. And you can see she's right. dying on the inside. Well, and I was just thinking when we <clears> saw that. The preview part, like the real hero of that is the guy that does it every fucking week. Yeah. Like these celebrities come on and do it once and he's sitting there across the table from week He's got to do it every, single, it every time. single time. That's right. That's 
he probably gets paid in hemorrhoid <laughs> cream. <laughs> <laughs> but getting back to the story that you set up is that, you know, at the end of the day, we have to be kind. We have to be forgiving. The human condition, none of us are immune. And I've got a spiel at the end because, of course, I do. Um, <laughs> what? Yeah, I know. I'm wow. sorry. I know. I know. I didn't Shocking. mean to surprise you. Uh, but my point is, is that um, at the end of the day, the one thing I did learn you know, coming from California, it's always sunny there. There's a lot of competition there. There's a lot of people down there. It's noisy. It's active. Uh, a lot of people with money down there. It, 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 it was inherently uh, somewhat competitive there. Yeah, definitely. And that competition, you f- sensed it in many different ways. It, it was intellectually competitive. It was monetarily or economically competitive, and it was even emotionally and energetically competitive, where people yeah. just want to be better than each other. And at the end of the day, God, every time I would go to South County, I'd run into some dingleberry that would fuck with me. It's like, oh, God, where are all these shit stains coming from? Yeah. And so when we moved up here to Oregon... um, You know, the first thing I noticed is that, you know, like when we moved to Washington, people there were fucking dickheads. And I was like, I realized that that's how you have to survive in the cold, harsh tundra of Washington is you have to kind of be somewhat of an an asshole and to energetically, I I don't know, you know, bark at every, you know, other dog that comes by. You just like that's their way. That's their way of 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 feeling uh, protected and, you know, they have to protect Mm -hmm. their gooey ooey, gooey center you know but that's one thing i will say about living here in uh, rural oregon about an hour hour and a half south of portland is that it's it's still liberal enough to be sane but conservative enough to have fishing and camping and hiking and yeah. real shit you know where you know because too much uh, conservatism it's like it's like Germany. Too many white people get around, and you went in later hose, and you end you end up inventing uh, that German umpapa music. You get too many white people together without black folks, and you get weird, right? Too much conservatism can be a bad thing. Too much liberalism can be a bad thing. You know, at the end of the day, when we moved up here, I was really uh, quite heartened that people here are fairly nice and that there's a normalcy yeah. here that I didn't catch in Washington and that sometimes I didn't always catch in our hometown is that people here have empathy and they're nice to each other. All that being said, I feel like how on earth do people here survive? They're such fucking weaklings. Speak on that. Am I wrong? No, I mean a lot I, are. Well, and yeah, I've got a I spiel mean, about that too, but I, I'm, I'm yeah. setting it up that mm-hmm. way. I'm not. That's not how I feel. Yeah, I'm just setting it up. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm going full controversy, and then we'll, we'll go, we'll rewind that and say what I really feel. But just for the okay. sake of argument, God, are these people weak or what? What is going on with people? It feels like they just cry at the drop of a hat. They go home at the drop of a hat. They're always, always needing self-care. In other words, um, are people here just wimpy because the rainy weather kind of makes people indoorsy and then it just kind of festers and then they just become total pussies or what? I, I'm not sure. But yeah, a, a lot are. I mean, 
So for the most part, like when we have people call out or whatever, you know, it's legit. But there's a couple people that you're just like, come on, are you kidding me? Yeah. Like, oh, you you hurt, you twisted your ankle a tiny bit and now you can't work for two weeks. Right, like, right, I, right. Yeah. I mean, that, well, and, and so that are... I, I set that up that way because I want people to understand that's not how I actually feel. Mm-hmm. Um, what I actually feel is that there's a, <clears throat> a part of me is like, hey, Corporate jobs suck. <clears throat> Everybody's harsh to grocery store workers. And so you have to constantly be self-caring. And you mm-hmm. and, and if you're a sensitive type person, you're going to get just destroyed out there in the public eye, right? And so there's a part of me that absolutely feels that people are justified in being sensitive. Mm-hmm. It, because you got to take care of yourself. Yeah. Um, all that being said, though, I... You know, and, and another thing is capitalism. What? There's no righteous reason to be tough for a job that doesn't pay you well or regard you well or where there's hardly any promotional mm-hmm. uh, upward mobility. So at the end of the day, yeah. why should I be super fucking yoked and tough for a capitalist structure that would fucking easily discard me at the drop of a hat? So speak on that. Yeah. Oh, I absolutely feel that way because there's you know like sometimes and you get on me about it like feeling guilty about calling out when i legitimately have a need to Mm -hmm. um and yeah i mean and that's only because of the people i work with it's not because of the company like i could give two shits about the company and if they don't like me or whatever right so it's more personal yeah. level thing when it comes to well that yeah you me, care so. about your co-workers because yeah. they're nice people and yeah. that they show they show basic human caring and concern and courtesy to you mm-hmm. so you feel a sense of camaraderie and yeah. that is what got me through the army because most of it was fucked up you guys i can't even tell you how fucked up like think of the most fucked up shit of your life and then multiply that by 10 and it's every day that mm-hmm. was the army right but we but when you have a sense of camaraderie, when you have a sense of discipline, when you have a sense of being, we called it, squared away, um, you were ready for anything. You were ready. Ooh, that's why we were soldiers, right? But you can't live like that forever. And I've talked about how eventually you have to punch out and start uh, finding something more sustainable and so something more in touch with reality, in touch with your inner emotions. Because, and that was the thing that I love about these tough guys. You know, we're talking about tough guys today. Now, you take these big-ass, overfed, tough men from today, and you put them up against 1920s guys who built skyscrapers, and I'll bet you donuts to dollars they would lose. Mm -hmm. Why is that? Because it's like... I use the analogy of our outdoor cats. We t- we take care of Gouda, which is our indoor girl. She's our cat. And then we- there's like three cats outside that are our outdoor boys. One of them is brand new. His name's Orange because we haven't come up with a name yet. <laughs> but there's Mr. Mister, Mister Man and Blackie. And because he's black and white and don't even. And we have no imagination. <laughs> well, we do, but I just, it's too late. It's right. like that ship has sailed. <laughs> Um, I'm thinking of calling Orangey Liono, though. I don't know. Yeah, I like that. <clears throat> but uh, is that they grow accustomed to? Because we're like, how are they not freezing their little sacks off, right? Because they're little boy cats. They're little, they all have them. Tiny little balls. Yeah. <laughs> but but you see them out there. We 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 feed them every day. 
And people would say, well, you're not supposed to feed ferals. Well, I'm sorry. I'm not going to let these creatures die on my porch. They're not feral. They're just... They're just, just outdoors. Little outdoor guys that need need some and, some attention. And they just don't love. they'll never be feral cats, outdoor boys are just too rugged to come inside. They just Maybe when they get older they won't be. Maybe. Possibly. But, yeah, but for now it's not happening. Yeah, but my point is is that they grow accustomed to the cold weather over time. They'll be out there like, what? I don't know. And we're out there freezing our little asses off yeah. because we're not accustomed to it. And so my point is is that there's a little thing in life called um immersion therapy. There it is. Immersion therapy. Is that when you're when you're slowly immersed in uh, cold or hot or whatever or tough situations, you grow accustomed to it, right? Yeah. Um and and I only use that as an analogy to to set up the fact that these strong men today are strong, but are they tough? They're every bit yeah. as weak as anybody else when it comes oh, yeah. to all the other shit. Well, because when they were doing the, the Viking challenge, they were in Minnesota. Like, yeah. in dead-ass winter. Cold well, it wasn't as... even really winter, because the one guy that took him fishing was like, oh, you got here on a warm day. And it's <laughs> yeah. like seven degrees. Seven degrees, right. And the, even they were talking about, mm. like, yeah, like, these actual Vikings were doing all this <sighs> shit in these conditions all the time. That was just right. what they were used to, and that's how they lived. And... Well, and my point is, is that these are strong men, but... That you know, if they stub their toe on something, it's gonna fucking hurt. Mm -hmm. If they eat yeah. a giant hot ghost chili chip, they're gonna fucking hurt, right? Mm -hmm. So all I mean to say is, is this I, this notion that the the right wing ecosphere likes to bring up a lot is this this we're tough and they're pussies. Mm -hmm. It's like we're all pussies now what are you talking about so this idea they like to perpetuate this notion that we're all super strong and tough individualists and we can uh, you know we can take things that the liberals can't and and the people we're talking about at your work who puss out and call out and go home and all this are not liberal they we don't know what they are they could be liberal they could be conservative they could be none of that some people are just not political at all but my point is is that Half of me believes that there's not enough incentive for them to be tough. But, yeah. But right. the other, but the other part of me is like, um, you know, you got to have some personal integrity. And where do you draw that line? You yeah, know, exactly. That's that's totally it. <clears throat> yeah. I mean, I don't blame them. So, <laughs> it's mm -hmm. <kinda laughs> yeah. I have mixed feelings when things like that. Well, happen. and I just set it up that way to say that. Um, you know, if if some people you think are weak or weaklings, maybe they've got something going on in their life. Maybe they've maybe their parents are dying or maybe, you know, they're sick and tired of, you know, it's like the old saying, um, I'm not crying because I'm weak. I'm crying because I've been tough for too long. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. You know, mm -hmm. and and then that kind of gets me thinking about the different incarnations of me <clears throat> is that. I look at old pictures of myself. I was looking at a picture of myself from 2019 when we were down there and we were visiting. Mm -hmm. And my good buddy, James Buxton, I was like, man, I was thin then. And that was when I was running five to seven miles several times per week. And, and that was a version of me that was the skinny runner me, right? I have pictures of me in the 90s where I can't find them anymore. They're somewhere. <laughs> but I have pictures of me in the 90s where I looked giant. I was a giant, 220-pound behemoth of muscle 
Mm-hmm. Right. And so my point is, is that we have this tendency to judge a book by its cover. You know, we were watching the strongman competition the other day and I remember the one, the bald one with the mustache. And he kind of reminded me of Farva from Super Troopers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want a large Farva. I want a liter of cola. <laughs> but um, I bring that up because I was like, does doesn't he look kind of like he would be an asshole Trump supporter? And you're like, yeah, kind of he does. And I was like, well, he's Canadian, so mm-hmm, he doesn't even right. like our exactly. politics. Yeah. And so my point is that we have this tendency to judge books by its cover. And so my point is, in all of this, if I'm if if I'm if I mean anything at all by any of this, is that at the end of the day, um, you take care of you. And um, don't let society be the metric for toughness. Let you decide your own inner toughness. And, you know, some people just don't have a lot of incentive or drive to want to be kick ass for the corporate oligarchy. Speak on that. Well, yeah. I mean, why should you? Honestly. I mean, if there's no way that you're going to be in a higher echelon of the corporation or you don't want to be or there's no reason to give your life to it. And well, your yeah. happiness to it. and Exactly. You're going to give these folks that couldn't care less about you everything of you? Yeah. And yet, in the tough Midwestern culture, in the good old day mentalities, in the right-wing pretend-to-be-tough-but-don't-be-tough ecosphere, um, they like to claim that they're so fucking tough. But the problem with that is, is that they're trying to get regular folks to do their bidding so that they can laugh all the way to the bank and they can continue tricking people into thinking that our society is becoming weak because of those liberals and then it creates this constant culture war but at the end of the day none of you motherfuckers are tough none of us are we're i mean you can't you ever tried karate you ever kick something like a board with your bare feet that shit fucking hurts have not tried that and i can't imagine it's pleasant or when i was in (laughs) soccer uh i remember i stopped this um ball once it was like boom this guy kicked it and i slapped it with i stopped it with my thigh because back then it was the shorty shorts Mm -hmm. and (laughs) bang it's like oh man that hurts that smarts and it was cold outside Mm -hmm. and so my point is is that our physical bodies are excruciatingly weak the we didn't rise to the the dominant um, uh, species because we're tough, uh, but because we're smart and adaptable. And so, you know, my point is, is that we have this culture of toughness and it's kind of shaping our world into be a bunch of fucking morons. Elaborate, please. (laughs) (laughs) Well, yeah. I mean, people have this mindset that they have to be tough all the time. Mm -hmm. They're not cultivating other things. They're not, reading or they're not growing they're not learning yeah they're They're not letting themselves be themselves they're not letting others be themselves either yeah exactly yeah and my point is is that we're our physical bodies are just as dainty as anybody else's you know just because joe rogan likes to ice bath fine you know i don't Mm -hmm. care about that i i you know there are ways to train the body to get tougher right Mm -hmm. and that's fine because that's a part of sports and sportsmanship, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, and I have no problem with that. Um, I, I'm the kind of guy that I used to shoot guns. There's some shit that I know about in the Army I can't even tell you guys about because it's top secret. But my point is, now everybody bashes me for being Mr. Liberal. Like, dude, 
and that and that's what I mean is is that once you identify as a liberal or or now you you identify as an empath, oh well, you have to fit this mold of what they think that is. Yeah. And it's like I'm a tough cookie, dude. Try me, you know. But I'm not so tough that I don't get my feelings hurt. I'm not so tough that I don't get sick and tired of capitalism shucking and jiving for a bunch of institutions that couldn't care less about me. And I'm still living in a mobile home, living with mama while trying my best to create a, 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 a my own brand and business. Why? Because why on earth would I want to depend on corporations to do it for me? Yeah. That's yeah, toughness. Exactly. Mm-hmm. You want to talk about tough, learn how to be smart in this life. That's what toughness is all about. Yeah. Okay, with all that being said, I, I, I saw a thing today, it's on this Instagram page called Words of Wisdom, blah, blah, blah. And anyway, there's a guy from Twitter named Scott McClure, don't know who he is, but he says here, it took me nine years to learn this, but I'll teach you in three minutes. Here are 15 uncomfortable truths about life, okay? And number one, a salary is the drug your employer gives you to forget your dreams, Wow. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. Okay. You got any more to say on that? No. I'm going to let you elaborate that's, on all yeah, this as, as we just, go. A, yeah, it's a good way to put it. Right? <laughs> Number two, if you continue to wait for the right time, you'll waste your entire life and nothing will happen. That's true. So do it Definitely. now. Do mm-hmm. it. Do it now. <laughs> <laughs> That's my Schwarzenegger uh, impression. It's pretty bad. Um, <laughs> number three, even when you trust your close friends and family, let them know nothing about you. What do you think about that one? I I kind of, I mean, agree a little bit, but at the same time, you have to let yourself open up to people. Yeah. And let well, people know who you are. Well, my mom used to say, don't share all this stuff on Facebook. They'll just use it against you. And she's got the right idea. Mm -hmm. Um, But yes, there is, if you can't open up to people at all, then why on earth be human? I mean, and so I just figured like what I told her, I said, well, I'll just deal with the scrutiny as it happens. I'd rather be myself and be open than to have to be clammed up shut all the time and not let anyone in. So I get there's a kind of a level of distrust there. Mm -hmm. He's saying trust no one, nothing, not even those you're close to. But that's so cynical. But it's almost overly cynical. Yeah, Yeah. I think so. So I I think it's good advice in a general sense, especially strangers. In Yeah, in part. I mean, co-workers and yeah, the situation and the people and... Right. Number four, you'll lose 99% of your close friends if you start upgrading your life. That definitely can That's true because, you know, I, on- I know a lot of people, they don't like you. They like you because you're poorer than them. They or feel better than They you. feel superior yeah. around you, mm-hmm. right. And once you start uh, climbing the station in life, they're like, oh, well, you can't be all these things. It's like, why the fuck not? <laughs> yeah. And again, it depends on the people. I've lost so. a lot of friends because, uh, you know, they, they pigeonholed you. They mentally yeah. think this is all that you're allowed to be. That's what I mean about saying you're an empath. Oh, you're only allowed to be this, this, and this. And you're not yeah. allowed to be strong. You're not allowed to be tough. You're not allowed to be curt with people. You just all kindness all the time, even at the risk of your own sanity and your own safety. It's like, fuck that shit. (laughs) You know, at the end of the day, I mean, yeah, you have to be, um, you have to understand that this world, a lot of people only take you as you are because they feel superior to you. And you have to be careful of those kinds of people. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Uh, Number five, 
government and politicians are one giant scum that'll never save you from your problems. A fucking man. Now, mm-hmm. that's what I say is, you know, getting caught up in the everyday political hype machine that is the left versus right is a fool's errand because you're talk you're never going to convince these dumb motherfuckers to be more kind or to be more literate or to be more compassionate or to be more understanding. They, 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 they live to, to own the libs. They don't live to learn more about politics. Yeah. But just know how to vote. And mm-hmm. if you enjoy politics, get into it enough to enjoy it. And when it stops becoming enjoyable, understand that, you know what? You're going to have to lift yourself up out of this mess. The government isn't going to do it for us. And I've been mm-hmm. waiting for 20 years for the government to help me out of this. And guess what? They never fucking do. Yeah. So we have to be assertive enough to realize that waiting on the government for your ship to come in is not where it's at. No. And there are some there that are there for the right reasons and are trying to do the right thing. We should try to create improvements, sure. definitely. But know that it's incremental and know that it's not going to solve all your problems. Yeah. yeah. Anything else on that, babe? No. Yeah. Uh, Number six, you'll be ten times happier if you forgive your parents and stop blaming them for your problems. Now, I've told my mom I wish you had done this, this, and this instead of this, this, and this. But I don't blame my mom. I don't resent my mom for the way she raised me. She did the best she could with what she had, and she didn't have much. Yeah, Yeah. and I think that's generally true, but there are definitely some parents that are so toxic and so horrible that there's no... This is not... We're not trying to make excuses for the terrible parents. No, no, no. no, Not at all. No. Anything else on that one, babe? Mm -mm. Yeah. Okay, number seven. Train yourself to let people win arguments on purpose to conserve your mental health. And that's what I, we said on the last mm-hmm. episode is just know the difference between being happy and being right. Some yeah. people have to be right all the time, even at great cost mm-hmm. of their mental health or happiness. And I'm just saying, you know, let those people be right. They're not, but whatever. It's yeah. better to be happy than to be right all the time. Yeah, definitely. You know. Uh, number eight, you become more mature when you train yourself to take nothing personally. Yeah. What do you think of that? I think <clears throat> for the most part, yeah. Well, yeah, people get so offended by jokes and everything. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, my God. If you just, like, they're, they, if you identify as the thing that they're targeting, then maybe you need to re-identify what you are because mm-hmm. I'm not just a liberal. I am not just an empath. I am not just a man. There is so much more to me. We're dynamic creatures. And so if you pigeonhole yourself as this thing and then somebody's targeting that demographic, you're yeah. like, hey. Right. Yeah. It's like like when you make jokes about millennials or you make jokes about Gen Xers. It's like, fine, I don't care. I, I don't consider myself all the the things they say about Gen Xers, you know? No, exactly. I'm proud to be a Gen Xer. Mm -hmm, Definitely. There's a thing on, uh, I I saw on Instagram that says that Gen Xers had it tough because they were raised by boomers, but they now have to live amongst millennials. And so they kind of got the best of both worlds, technologically savvy Mm -hmm. and tough like the old school ways. And I think that's a really good way of putting it. Yeah, You know, because we're tech savvy and we've we're understanding the importance of sensitivity and being aware, <clears throat> but also having the old school boomer mentalities of 
knowing when to suck it up, buttercup. Right. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know. For sure. <clears throat> now, this one, I don't know. Number nine, by age 30, your inner circle should be more focused on making money, building their body, and starting a family. No. I mean, yes and no. I mean, I think what they mean is, is by the time you grow up out of your kid shit, I, yeah, you should start focusing means, on but, yourself, Yeah, but, but maybe not in such a superficial way. Yeah. You know? And I mean, the, yes, it's true in a, in a small sense, but... Just, y- you know, the general message is start being more mature. Yeah, but 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 what's mature for you might yeah, be different for exactly. different people. Yeah. You know, I do agree that we should focus more on our business and mm-hmm. our money making endeavors. That we have to focus on health and fitness more, and that starting a family, if it's for you, it's for you. If it's, it's for you. Yeah, that's. We didn't start. We don't want to have kids because when we. And it depends on what kind of family you want. Yeah. Does that include kids? Does that include just a significant other? Does it might that just be you and your yourself cat. And your cat. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right. So depends. Yeah. <clears throat> totally. Uh, number ten. You don't need one hundred self help books. All you need is action and self discipline. And that kind of reminds me of the George Carlin right. thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If you're motivated, tell the clerk, fuck you, I'm motivated. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> and, you know, and so, yeah, we have a tendency to overcomplicate our lives. Mm-hmm. And so I do believe that that's why I like strong men, for example, uh, watching strong men competitions, watching some of these shows about strong men is because they're just a bunch of lovable giants. And it's so lacks all the bullshittery of modern living Mm -hmm. that it kind of just reminds me do what you want eat what you want live how you want i don't know like i said it doesn't remind me of anything else and that's why i like it you know Mm -hmm. i like things and that's the 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 audio slave song is trying to say is 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 you know sometimes when you uh like things it's it's just because it's so uniquely itself it doesn't remind you of all the other bad things that you had to deal with yeah. in life mm-hmm. and but and this doesn't re- you know strong men doesn't remind me of, of violent sports it doesn't remind me of politics it doesn't remind me of anything in fact it kind of yeah. it, re- it it enforces what i was saying about men in our culture is that we got to get everybody right in the head but men in our culture are especially pressured to have to be perfect and so i like to see that the strongman stuff isn't toxic masculinity Mm -hmm. they're actually quite humble and i'm like okay good you know because if it had been all that shit i don't think i would have liked it oh no if it had the attitudes that things like Mm -hmm. mma have right i would hate it but i that's just so down home and just so folksy almost right that it's just right it's just guys lifting big shit <laughs> yeah and, <laughs> and it's something fun and because they're big they you know they're they they offer their humility they offer yeah. their generosity they offer mm-hmm. that men don't have to be big giant posturing assholes to be masculine yeah I like there's that. There's something pure about it. There's a, there's a purity in it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Hard to explain, but you're yeah. right. Mm-hmm. I know. Um, okay, number 10. Uh, oh, wait. Number 11. <laughs> <laughs> number 11. Skills and financial education will make you win over 97% of college graduates. Let me say that again. Skills and financial education will make you win over 
over 97% of college graduates. And what it's saying is, is that you can lead a horse to water, you know, and that's what I've been trying to tell you guys. All these college grads think that they have to have a college degree to get there. Now it does help. Well, because that's where society is still stuck. Right. Society is still stuck in the notion that you have to have a degree to be to able be to warned, do anything. To be worthy. Yeah. Right. It's almost like the yeah. gatekeepers get to allow who gets the job and who doesn't. Now, yeah. all that being said, am I against college? No. Yeah. Am I against scholasticness? No. I think it, it does. It is one tool of many tools to help people be worthy and prepared in the real world. But... The pro- problem is, is that a lot of people who get their degree ain't got much of anything in terms of life experience. All they know yeah. is college. Mm-hmm. And college yeah. is way funner and easier than real life. And yeah. so they get out there and then they go, oh, fuck, they're not prepared. And so what yeah. I think this one is saying is that skills, build skills. Mm-hmm. I go on um, Skillshare sometimes to learn how to do things. Oh, here's a class on learning better editing techniques. Oh, mm-hmm. you want to, like, I'm going to be doing some Skillshare classes before I start the YouTube channel full time because I want to learn editing tips. I want to yeah. learn camera work. I want to learn how to become a better presenter. And so I'm going to be doing that through Skillshare. And th- by the way, no, they're, they don't sponsor us. I'm just saying. There's, nice. o- there's other ways. Yeah, I know. Someday, <laughs> maybe. But um, my point is, is that skills and a learned wisdom about you is way more valuable than just simply uh, going to college. Yeah, I absolutely And I do believe it's getting a little bit better. Mm -hmm. But I remember back in like 2008, 2009, I don't know why this sticks in my head, but I remember President Obama gave a speech about how the kids got to go to school and go to college. And, you know, and almost he made it sound like, and if you're too old where you can't go back, well, you're screwed. Yeah, you're you're Fuck done. You. We're on to the next generation. We're on to the next. Like, I'm yeah. like, no. Yeah, that's I, whatever happened to no child left behind. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, now we're, we're no adult, <laughs> no adult left behind. Right, right. I just mean to say that uh, something stuck in my craw about that because I don't think anybody should have to let go of their dreams. Mm-hmm. Yeah, maybe for a while, but eventually you get to the point where you set up your life where you can start slowly getting into what you yeah, love. And I just don't like <clears> this notion of just. Because, yeah, I mean, college, cool. It's I have nothing against no, it. No, But of I don't not. like the notion of making people feel that if that's not for you, that's not what you want, then you're You're nothing. not valid. You're, you're not, not worthy. Enough. You're not yeah. deserving of a, yeah. a successful job. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So I don't, I, I, just, I don't like that aspect. And that it. mentality is slowly changing, but we're not there yet. Yeah. I don't I know mean, if we'll ever yeah, fully it, get there, but... You know, what happened to the days when someone could come in off the street with no experience but wanting to learn something, and they study it and they learn it, like right. a, a trade. Like, even in California, when I was a medical assistant, it, that I don't know how it is now, but mm-hmm. you could literally walk in off the street, and if somebody wanted to train you to be a medical assistant, you could. Well, and those you can't anymore because you have to have that certification. Yeah. And well, all here that cert- you do, but well, there you didn't. All that certification means is it's it's like limited liability mm-hmm. well they're certified i don't know what to tell you yeah it's just passing on the buck in case mm-hmm. they fuck up that they well they're certified blame the state <laughs> yeah they don't want to be blamed and in, in other words we're in a litigious society i think it's just get certified as the minimum basic requirement and i got nothing against that in a general sense no, but it but does feel is- like we're getting to the point where you know like i said only people with a college degree are valid 
Yeah. Half the people I know with college degrees are fucking morons. Mm-hmm. They don't even know what to do with that degree. Well, and there was someone that I did work with in no the offense, office. I mean. The office that I worked at mm-hmm. the longest. Yeah. She never went to school for it. Mm-hmm. She came in as a 19-year-old kid and started office work and then got trained as a medical assistant. She never went to school for it. Yeah, well, I so. just I just think, you know, the school of hard knocks can teach so much more than the school of university. And I got nothing against being scholastic. I love school. I was good at it. Mm-hmm. I enjoyed it. But uh, when it starts getting overly expensive and it's not, it's not doing the thing it was meant to do, which is to give you better jobs, well, then yeah. you're stuck in a situation where you're going to have to continue skill building despite the fact that you're out of college. And so now we're at a point where I think, hopefully, finally, we're at a place where, um, you know, college degree is fine. It gets the ball rolling. It's like my culinary school. All that did was shave off five years mm-hmm. of hard, grueling work in restaurants so that yeah. you come into it knowing some of the language. You know how to do basic things like stock making. You know basic mm-hmm. sauce making. You know all the ins and outs of the restaurant. But then now you're going to have to rely on something greater than this education. You're going to have to rely on uh, wit and tenacity. Well, it just I just <clears throat> remembered this for some reason. But years ago... Um, before I got the job at the grocery store, there was yeah. an opening at um, the library. Mm-hmm. And I, I, oh, yeah, I applied I for it, even though it said you had to have a college degree in right. something. And, of course, I didn't even get considered. But why wouldn't I be able to work at a library? You're I'm a bookworm way I'm more than those people. I yeah. know. I mean, I know. anything that I didn't know from <clears throat> college, I could have learned, picked up easily. But because I because I didn't have that those letters behind my name, I wasn't yeah. even considered. Well, and that's the problem is that at the end of the day, people who go to college, it says more about how rich their parents are than yeah. it says about their own work ethic yeah, or absolutely. their own intelligence. Mm-hmm. So I just I think it's getting better. But and I like I said, I got nothing against college. I just mean to say though that we shouldn't shun people who want to do it a different way. Yeah. For sure. That's why I went to culinary school instead of chiropractic college. I was at a crossroads in my life, and I chose the more renegade thing because it suited my personality. Now, do I regret it today? A little bit. Because if I had the chiropractic certification that my buddy has, I would have started practice, and I would have been damn good at it. Because as a sensitive, as a hypersensitive, intuitive person, um, healthcare is right up my alley. Yeah. Um, patient care would have been kick-ass for me, but you know, mm-hmm. it's just, you know, we live in a funny world, but yeah. I don't know. I just, I, I think it's getting better though. Don't you? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Uh, number 13, people are stuck in toxic relationships because they're afraid to be alone. Definitely. Don't be afraid to yeah. be by yourself. You guys, you gals mostly, but sometimes guys too. Is that, yeah, we sometimes will sacrifice happiness and comfort to be around a toxic narcissist or someone that's bad for us. And at the end of the day, I mean, get to love yourself, get to know yourself and get to love yourself and get to the point where you're comfortable around yourself in the long term. Then and only then will you be right for somebody else. And and I think the reason you want to be. Yeah. And that's the thing. Yeah. Well, yeah. You know, that, that kind of reminds me of what I wrote the other day. I think that's this is a good time to, to mm-hmm. say that. Yeah. So any of you guys who are in long-term relationships, um, this is nothing against young people or people who are just starting out in a relationship. Hey, we were there once too, right? So it's just take this with, um, you know, with the intention it was meant. Um, But uh, five years ago, it says, you know, how Facebook has memories, right? 
Five years ago, I wrote this. <clears throat> My wife and I have somehow mastered barely hanging on while doing pretty well. It's all about not letting the river of bullshit define you and adherence to a strict regimen of communication and appreciation. Our relationship has endured because of this and only means that it can improve as our situation improves. New love ain't got shit on old, crusty, tested love. I'm amazingly happy while being spectacularly miserable simultaneously. But what endures is our friendship and resolve. That's what always allows us to reset. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, and then my friend said, uh, she's like, uh, she goes, she said, um, old, crusty, tested love. She's like, kind of like sourdough bread. And I laughed. <laughs> I was like, you totally, that was so cute. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, I, you know, I, all that to say that um, hopefully, you know, if you're single, don't give up. You're going to find the person for you when it's, when it's the right person. In other words, it, when the person accepts you warts and all, that you don't have to suck in your gut. You don't have to be perfect. At the end of the day, what makes our relationship work is that we accept each other for who we are. Some days we're attractive and fit, and other days we're like, ugh, what did I marry? <laughs> Good grief. You know. And I just do want to throw out there that being single is fine, too. Some yes. people just don't want to be attached, that's and that's okay. Right. So, that is okay. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's what I mean about be be happy just, with being by yourself first. And, yeah. If whatever. you have to be around other people to be valid, um, no, man, know thyself. And once yeah. you're really, really comfortable with being by yourself, and then and only then will you really not care enough to put, you know, because a lot of people they fall in love with the idea of love before they actually fall in love with that person. Yeah. And so they're in love with this idea, this notion of love, rather than actually the person. And then they go, Oh fuck, this guy is a fucking creep. <laughs> or mm -hmm. this girl is fucking crazy. You know, yeah. so at the end of the day, it's it's all about knowing and being comfortable with yourself before you move on. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Okay, number 14, the most difficult mission on earth is focusing on your dreams. Complaining is the easiest task. Now, I think you have to complain a little bit to get all that yeah, shit out I of your agree. system. Mm -hmm. But once you're done complaining, yeah, quit taking up so much energy on complaining and use that energy. Yes, we live in a fucked up toxic economic system people can be brutal systems can be brutal so it has forced a lot of us to have to get really really fierce really really tough really really almost sociopathically tough where we just stop yeah. being kind to each other mm -hmm. you know yeah um but yeah once you're done you know getting all that shit off your chest then yeah quit complaining about how unfair life is because i mean like i said i've said this a thousand times but the hardest lesson i have ever learned is that life is inherently unfair and how do you deal with that unfairness and i think that's where a lot of religious people they want there to be this arbiter of justice and equality in the society and that's why they love this concept of god because ah the arbiter the great judge in the sky will take care of those who are wicked will take care of those who don't do us wrong well not always yeah and it's exactly. a nice notion it's a great notion that's why i loved religion for so long because it felt like there was this loving sky father who was there to comfort us and teach us wisdom um but then you find out that really you're giving god all the credit for your own achievements and your own growth as a person and i just thought yeah. 
I'm not learning this from God. I'm learning this from life. Mm-hmm. I'm learning yeah. this from the school of hard knocks. So yeah. give yourself credit sometimes. Yeah, definitely. You're going to give, you know, the football game all the credit. All the credit goes to God. Well, where was God when he, you missed that tackle, dude? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> you know, we only give God credit when good things happen. We don't give him credit when shit goes wrong. Mm-hmm. Okay. And the last one here is if you're not where you want to be in life, Avoid alcohol and weed at all costs, and your life will drastically change. Now, oh, wait, there are more of these. Oh, no, no, that's all of it. That's all of it. Um, I saw more there, but he's like, drop a, you know, okay. Anyway, um, but, you know, I drink and smoke at night. I will just add to that in excess. Right, right. If you want to get your life right, everything has to be put in balance. If yeah. you're doing something to throw your life's health and balance out of control it's a no-brainer at the end of the day i i don't i mean unless you have an, an addictive personality and you need to get right with yourself for a good long time there's nothing wrong with that i know mm-hmm. god half my friends are in recovery right mm-hmm. it's fine yeah. I, I think that's a good thing if you know yourself and you know you just can't hold it together with booze and drugs and mm-hmm. all this hey have at yeah. it. There's nothing wrong with that. My friend Dave uh, is in recovery, and uh, he's yeah. a wonderful person. I think he's gained so much clarity because he did it. Um, that said, I don't want to give up entirely. I like smoking a little weed mm-hmm. at night. I like drinking a little bit at night, but I just, you know, I got my 10 ounces of wine and a little bit of weed, and that's all I get. So you just have to be disciplined enough to not go too far. Yeah. Exactly. You know, once your life goes out of balance. Yeah, I never smoke pot at night or during the day, rather. I never smoke pot during the day. Now, some people, it depends on your life situation. But for me, I have people calling. I have things to think about. I can't be high. Now, does that mean that being high makes you lazy, that being high makes you stupid? No, it just means it's a different thing. When I Being smart on weed is like it's creative intelligence. It helps me think about things more cosmically, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Whereas, but it, but I'm I'm definitely not crisp to to handle the day. Somebody calls me in the middle of the day and I'm high. I don't answer the phone <laughs> because I don't need the judgment of hey, are you high? <laughs> you know. Yeah. And besides that, I just I I just you know you know dur- during the day you got certain things you got to handle. Uh, chances are you don't need to be drunk and high doing it. And mm-hmm. so I understand. Like this whole, you know, the argument where we we here in Oregon they 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 passed recreational marijuana, and yet a lot of these corporations still drug test for weed. Will you speak on that, please? Yeah, I think it's absolutely ridiculous, but they're still holding on to the federal law. But that's unfortunately that's not how the law works. When you, as a corporation, work in a particular state, you are operating under their laws, not the federal. It does not work that way. I don't understand the particulars of it, but it's. I bet you if that if we challenge that legally, I bet you there'd be a case there because when you operate in Oregon, you're not operating. Because why? Why am I saying that? Walmart and Target and these companies are a private entity. They are not a government entity. Now, if this was a government entity, I would say you have a good case there. Because at the end of the day, if you're a government entity, you then operate by the federal laws. 
Um, that's what happened when I worked at Fort Hunter Liggett. Is we observed federal holidays, we observed federal laws, right? Because yeah. it was the United States Army. That being said, when you're a private company, you are operating privately in a state. Therefore, you are privy under the law, under that state's laws. And so I don't believe that they have a legal footing to stand on. Now, I'm not a lawyer. I'm sure it wouldn't happen if they weren't legally allowed to do it. Well, and I'll bet you that they just say they test for it now, and they don't. (laughs) They have no problem lying to your ass. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But I just mean to say that, you you know, I understand why they want people to pass a drug test because if you can't keep it together long enough to pass a drug test maybe you don't need to be working out there but that being said i smoke my pot at night so i have to quit my night thing to pass a daytime thing yeah when i never smoke no, pot at night that's ridiculous yeah, it is you know it's what i mean absolutely ridiculous yeah yeah because i'm more driven and more uh, i am more uh responsible than a a whole bunch of people out there who don't smoke pot. So this idea that pot makes you lazy only when you're high, mm-hmm. you know, the whole point is, is to know when to use things. You don't drink during the day. You don't get high before you go to work. And I think what they're trying to do is they're trying to eliminate those wake and bake folks that like to get up and get get high and then go to work. But even so, you can't tell mm. the difference in a test. So the test wouldn't differentiate. The, yeah, no. no. So that's the problem. with Well, it. and imagine if, you know, you came in high and then they had you say you work at, you know, a Home Depot or Lowe's or somewhere and then you have to drive a forklift and then you crash. And now weed is in your system. That's the only reason they do it is that there's yeah. weed in your system and therefore they can blame the weed as if you got high and went to mm-hmm. work. But that doesn't prove that. No, it doesn't. They need it a better test for that. Absolutely. You yeah, know, they definitely do. I don't know. But. I'm just saying. I know. You know, at the the end of the day, we want our laws to make sense. And when our laws become regressive or oppressive, they're no longer working for regular people. And I absolutely don't agree with it in states where it's legal, but there's got to be, I'm sure there's been cases. I think it's just a might makes right thing. I, I, I don't think they should do it. And I don't think they're allowed to do it, but they do it anyway. And nobody challenges them on it. I don't. Know. I bet you, if it was challenged by someone who had deep pockets and had the money to challenge it, I bet you they could overturn yeah, that. Maybe. But eh, I'm just thinking out loud yeah. here. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Yeah. But what did you think about that list? I mean, obviously, you know, you kind of have to take those online things mm-hmm. with a grain of salt. But I think what I what think is for he the saying? Most in, part, it was yeah, it was good. It was it was definitely ways to to kind of keep things in check and live your life and things to keep in mind. Yeah. That's all it's about. Yeah. Well, it takes a long time to grow up mentally and and, and emotionally. Uh, emotional intelligence takes a long time. And that's why we here try to talk about emotional intelligence and emotional maturity, that you can still be goofy and silly and have immaturity about you. I'm the most silly motherfucker on the planet, but when it's time to get down and dirty, I'm serious. Mm-hmm. It's just knowing a time and place. Yeah. yeah that's all definitely. it's about. Yeah. Yes, it is. Right. Okay, so let's start circling back to the main topic, which is hypersensitive people, empaths, uh, emotionally sensitive people are, you know, they're defunct, they're broken, they're rejects, they, they you know, they, they got to go back to the manufacturer, they're inspected by five, they didn't pass, they, they're debunked, and so 
what is what is this idea in our culture where we're not allowed to show any sensitivity or else that makes us giant pussies speak on that because that is that's the main gist here is at the end of the end of the day what we're not allowed to be generous we're not allowed to be kind we're not allowed to be we have to be nothing but savage all the time yeah this idea that sensitivity is somehow a weakness or a vulnerability and most people are tricked because they care about their reputation they care about their image that they'll just go along with the joneses they'll go along with society and try to act tough and now you get all these people like ego lifters who go to the gym and lift way beyond their capacity you got to work up the heavyweights chumley you can't be fucking working on, you know, 200 pound uh, deadlifts when you've only been at the gym for six weeks. You build up to that. Maybe two years, then you can start deadlifting 200 pounds. But at the end of the day, people are just guided by ego. They're guided by their own masculinity. And, and, and we're just creating a society of morons that way. Speak on that. We want people to be able to be themselves. And that's why I like these strongmen, because... Their size almost insulates them from people's scrutiny. But mm-hmm. pe- some people who aren't big like them feel like they have to put up these guards. Like, my uncle is this little tiny guy. He's got Napoleon complex. And he acts like he's, like, you know, the biggest, strongest motherfucker on the planet. I just want to slap him. Like, grow out of that, will you please? Yeah. Speak well, on Yeah, that. it's just, it's <clears throat> ridiculous. Because people are human. And humans have emotions. And... Just the fact that you're supposed to hold everything in and not be human is absolutely ridiculous. Yeah, well, we're not allowed to share. We're not allowed to cry. We're not allowed Mm -hmm. to commiserate. We're not allowed to. I mean, that's what I mean is that if you took the strongest strongman today and put him against just a regular man building a skyscraper in 1920s New York, because he's so used to hardship and toughness all the time, I'll bet you that strong man would not be very strong because our society mm-hmm. has it gotten a little bit weaker, maybe, but that's what, you know, we live indoors now. What are we supposed to live under yeah. harsh conditions all the time? Yeah. The whole point of improving our life and our society is so that we can be ourselves and that we can endure the rigors of the harsh elements and we can endure the, the rigors of of living basically on a rock planet full of boulders that could kill us and crush us. Mm-hmm. You know, so at the yeah. end of the day, now that we've made our lives more comfortable, you've got a lot of movements out there of people talking about, well, you know, uh, a soft society creates soft people. Speak on that. What What is, how can we be both sensitive and strong at the same time. And a society that's basically, its guiding principles is saying that we have to be tough all the time. Well, it's just something that we're going to have to change. And it's changing a little bit. Mm-hmm. And it's just something that's going to take time because it's been so pounded into people for so many decades. But yeah, we just have to allow people mm-hmm. to be themselves and be human. Well, that's yeah. That's we are. And well, yeah, like when we I try was- to suppress that. Right. Things happen that are worse. Well, that was like when I was talking about, you know, your coworkers that call out all the time. It's like they're not, they might be able to st- suck it up, but 
you know, I wish they would suck it up for the sense of camaraderie and teamwork. Mm-hmm. Not for the yeah. company, but yeah. for their own sense of camaraderie with their coworkers. Yeah. When you can't depend on people, you have this tendency to have to let go of them. And so for that yeah. reason, I want them to be tough. Not to be tough for the company, man, mm-hmm. or to be tough yeah. for the corporation or the corporate agenda. Yeah. I don't think there's enough incentive for people to be tough for those circumstances. But, you know, especially if you grow up in red states and right-wing culture, is that they're all bunch of gun loving outdoorsy tough motherfuckers and hey i grew up like that too but i'm at a point now where i feel like i can be sensitive and be compassionate and be kind and that we can find a balance somewhere on all this because mm-hmm. you know yeah. i just think we judge too much we judge a book by its cover too much yeah you know oh, we absolutely do and, and so, it's something you yeah. have to kind of <clears throat> recognize in yourself and make an effort not to do because it's just kind of i think it's part of just human nature yeah to do that and you just kind of have to take a step back and be like oh okay well maybe i should look at the real person and the real reasons instead of just judging yeah well and you know you know unfortunately we live in a society where you know it it all boils down to the lowest common denominator the, the dumbest pop culture shit seems to apply to everyone and now we're all trying to keep up with this mentality that is unsustainable you know and so hopefully you can be smart enough to you know not listen to the most ridiculous tough strongman toughness mentalities out there because those people that bark like that are generally not very alpha or not very tough themselves they're just wannabes mm-hmm. fucking wannabes yeah and what they're trying to do i think on the right is they're not they're trying to get you know it's an it's the outrage culture they're trying to keep people outraged so they keep voting republican even though republicans never do their fucking jobs right so mm-hmm. i got nothing against conservatism if they have good policies but until they start growing good policies why on earth would i want to vote for something just because it acts tough i mean now it's like these insurrectionists they told us to fuck our feelings for four years, and now they 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 do something illegal. It's like that Marine now. He got sentenced to, like, five years, and now he's crying. He wants forgiveness. It's like, too little, right. too late, yeah. dude. Mm-hmm. Fuck your feelings. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's exactly it. Yeah. So, I don't know. So, we're almost done with the show today, babe. And basically, what I want people to understand is a few things. I want people to understand that don't judge people by how they look. There are big, tough dudes out there who can cry. There's women out there who are dainty and sensitive who might be able to fuck you up. So at the end of the day, um, I think we just have to reserve judgment and learn to have the emotional maturity, have the emotional intelligence to let each other be themselves. But at the end of the day, I mean... What would you say? I mean, is our culture getting too pussified? Are we all losing the utility of being tough enough in a capitalist society? Or should we change capitalism to be more to fit humans more than us fit this innumerable, uh, insurmountable, uh, uh, you know, standard that we can't reach? Yes, that one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, I you know, I tend to answer my own questions, right. but yes, uh, you do. Yeah. But yeah, it needs to be it needs to change. It needs there needs to be more humanity in everything. Mhm. So. Yeah, I think even George Bush 
whether he meant it or not, I don't know. George W. Bush said he wanted compassionate capitalism. And I think he means that in spirit, but he was so guided by the right-wing sphere in those days and Dick Cheney and his sociopathy that we didn't necessarily get that. But I, I bet you he, he meant it. He just didn't know how to bring it along. And now yeah. that we're becoming a more intelligent culture, we're becoming more aware of things, we got to dispense with this always hating each other for our differences. Do I like what the constant non-sensory ass fuckery of the right-wing nonsensical machine? No, it's bullshit. But I just, I'm not going to start hating conservative people or Republicans just because it's in, in fashion, you know? Yeah, no, not at all. We can, ta- we, can, uh, we can address the issues without attacking the people, I think. Mm-hmm. You know, mature people can do that. Yes. Well, the ones who can't fuck them. Yeah. (laughs) That's how it's always been. Fuck fuck those people. Ignore it. You know, Uh, what would be your advice for our empaths and our highly sensitive people out there who want to get tougher, but they just maybe they just weren't raised tough. You know, it was always easy for me because I grew up tough. I grew up with a World War Two grandfather who taught me how to shoot guns and how to take chainsaws and, and, you know, sob deer in half and all this craziness i mean i learned to be tough before i even knew what tough was and so for me being tough you know i was a skateboarder i was in you know karate and judo so being tough for me came kind of naturally because we were those 80s kids if you weren't tough you were gonna die boy but nowadays now that we're becoming more aware the we we understand the necessity for maturity and sensibility uh we're do we draw the line? How do those sensitive people out there who just can't, you know, seem to muster up the whatever, uh, what's your advice for people who, who want to get tough but don't want, you know, they just want to be tough enough to get through this life? Give them some hope. Yeah, just baby steps and give yourself a break. Yeah. Like, realize it's okay to be sensitive and it's okay to be emotional. And yeah, if, if you need to rein it in, then do it a little bit. And just take little steps. If there's something that seems like it's a little hard for you or a little scary, just try to do it. Yeah, well, yeah, I always say, you know, everybody's got their um, comfort bubble, their comfort zone. And and routinely challenging your comfort zone is healthy Mm -hmm. if you don't go too far. Now, if you go too, too, too far, you might not be ready yet. You might have a panic attack or a freak out, but no daily challenging your comfort zone. And daily challenging your body and your mind. You know, that's what, for me, lifting weights is all about um, not being tough, but strengthening and conditioning my body to endure the rigors of gravity, to endure the rigors of life, you know. And when you see it that way, you start changing your philosophy in it. Because now that I'm, you know, 48 years old... I have to work out different. I mean, shit, like I said, I have a ro- torn rotator cuff. I think it's pretty tough of me that I didn't jump straight to the hospital. I was like, <laughs> I was like, oh, let me figure this out. You know, and now day, f- this is day four and I still haven't been. I know I need to go. It hurts like the Dickens, but I've done my research and I was a former EMT. So I get what I'm, I know what I'm doing, but I just mean to say that, um, you know, <laughs> it's not easy being tough, but uh, just toughness comes easier for some people than others. But at the end of the day, I mean, yeah, we're all becoming a more sensible and sensitive society. And we should probably not groom our children into all these 
fucked up mentalities because you're going to make them worse. It's like you always see the right telling, uh, uh, telling, saying things like, well, we're grooming children to be gay or we're grooming children to be wimps or we're grooming children to be uh, trans or gay. It's like, no, sometimes we're grooming people to be gun nuts. Sometimes we're grooming people to be alpha toxic males. So speak on that. Well, it's just, it's just another stupid tactic because yeah, there's, you see pictures of kids holding assault rifles or kids. They're being groomed to be ultra conservative Christians. They're being groomed to be gun nuts. They're being groomed to be, yeah, assaulters you, of women. Right. Like, when you t- want to talk about grooming, it can yeah. go both ways. Yeah, right. Absolutely. Right. Yeah. Well, any last words, babe? I mean, at the end of the day, I think what the re the the impetus of this whole show, the point of this show today, is I just want people to understand that just because I call myself an empath, uh, a realized empath, does not mean that um, you you're going to meet me and think that I'm the world's most gentle man. I I've got my tough personality quirks but i've also got my super sensitive mature personality traits as well so at the end of the day i just want people to understand that we need to be more tolerant of each other and be more tolerant of ourselves, and quit trying to i don't know just constantly push 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 to make others happy at the end of the day if you want to be tough shouldn't we shut up and quit listening to everybody else yeah, for the most part. I mean, just... <laughs> be happy, be yourself, yeah. and shut the fuck up and quit trying yeah. to. I, I think so, so many, there's so many influencers out there and influences that are trying to pressure people to be more than they can handle. So at the end of the day, I want people to be strong enough to, to get what they want out of life, but but not lose their their humanity in the process. I mean, isn't that yeah. really what it boils down to? Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Just being yourself and being comfortable with that. Mm. Yeah, like conservatives, I have nothing against inner tenacity, inner toughness, but it seems like a lot of them are willing to sacrifice their compassion, their inner humanity. Yeah. I think that's going too far. It is, absolutely. Yeah. Anyways, anything Mm. else, babe? Not really. Yeah, I think I'm pooped. I think I'm done. (laughs) (laughs) You guys, we are going to be finishing up season five of Surviving Empathy Podcast, and then uh, during all this time, simultaneously, uh, we're trying to help my mom out with her, you know, cancer treatment. Uh, we we feel like the prognosis the prognosis is good uh, and it should go fine. But yes, we're a little worried, we're a little scared, and so my mental health is a little jumpy right now. Um, but we're gonna try to finish this season in good stead. We want the show to be fun. We want the last season to really, you know just embody the quintessential vibe that we're all trying to be about, which is thoughtful, silly, fun, and kind. Uh, but in a way that's still, you know, where we're taking care of ourselves and take, and kicking ass in this life. I, I think a lot of people, they, they think you have, in order to be tough, you have to act tough. And I just, I don't necessarily agree with that. No. Yeah. You I know? Agree. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, um, look, do look out for Chef Bry's Food for Thought on YouTube. Please subscribe. I cannot stress this enough. Babe, can we have a conversation about this? Why are people not subscribing? We get the numbers. Are people just becoming too selfish to give a fuck about other people's stuff? No. Their no, needs? I don't think that's We it. should become the lovers and the carers in our society. I, Why aren't people helping us out? Because people are too caught up in trying to survive. 
yeah. and live happy lives and well, trying and to... And that's why we're activists, because we want yeah. to create a society that allows people to catch up so that they can start going through their Maslow's hierarchy of needs to the yeah. highest transcendence of evolution where they become self-actualized and we become more kind and helpful for each other. Because at the end of the day, if we're all just so caught up in these fucking stupid jobs that we barely have time to... Uh, you know, put effort into our own pursuits or put effort into our own growth and well-being, we're all going to become fucking monsters and animals, and we can't have that shit. Nope, cannot. Yeah, you know. Thank you guys so very much for listening to another episode of Surviving Empathy Podcast. We will be back next week. Uh, Yeah, we've only got a handful of episodes left. Um, If you guys have any suggestions for us, do Come on over to my link tree. Come over to Instagram and tell me what you guys want to hear about. I want to know what you guys want to talk about. We're here for you. We're here to serve all of our empath tribe because that's what it's all about. But if you want to help us out, come on over, become a patron. That's Patreon forward slash Chef Bride Comedy, as well as uh, you can listen to the show on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, Audible, iHeartRadio, and the list goes on and on and on. It does. Imagine that. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks, you guys. Have a good day. We'll talk to you next time. Bye. Bye Bye-bye.